answer a question without the background is uh, sometimes in meditation you reach a state which is very pleasant which you know is if i may use the word divine but you also know that perhaps there is a next stage as well so a how do you get into the first uh, the former state that i talked about at will and secondly how to get to the next stage first of all when you experience any state in meditation and you do that repeatedly that's a very good sign if you only experience once or twice and you don't know why it happened or how to replicate then that experience doesn't really hold much value beyond perhaps motivating you but when you experience something uh, if not on a constant basis or in every session of meditation at least frequently enough to take a note of it to take a note of it then it's a very 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 good sign how to be in that state whenever you want that requires two things and i can tell you with absolute certainty first is supreme mindfulness you need excellent mindfulness of highest level you can attain second is your desire and the willingness to purify yourself when you find yourself in a room with no walls or ceiling it's a beautiful analogy in fact at that moment your ego is gone because the only wall is the wall of ego whether we erect a wall because we hate somebody still behind it is the wall of one's ego so when you find yourself in a room <clears throat> that means the ego is gone for that period of time now it's usually not possible for a sane person to to drop their ego at all times sometimes you need the guard of ego to protect yourself in the world but supreme mindfulness takes you to that state where you choose your words thoughts and actions it's not so hard to choose your words and thoughts but it is damn hard to choose your uh, it's not so hard to choose your words and actions but it's very hard to choose your thoughts because they can come flying from anywhere but the mindfulness to not pursue your thought will not only elongate your state of that bliss but will also empower you to slip into that bliss whenever you want for example many of you have attended the morning aarti and many of you have attended the evening aarti and a lot of you have attended both and some of you have done that for quite some time maybe years as you know in the evening we we are accompanied by the piano 
and in the morning there is no piano. In the evening <coughs> there is repetition of uh, of some of the lines, and there is the uh, just the instrumental bit that I play in between every stanza. So say, Marathi, what do you think if I asked you? Do we take longer in the morning or in the evening to finish the arati? What do you think? Who thinks it takes us longer in the morning? And who thinks it takes us longer in the evening? Morning people first. Okay. Who thinks it takes us longer in the evening? Okay. And who haven't got a bloody clue about it? <laughs> okay. All right. So, <laughs> the idea is this. It's something you do on a daily basis. But it's something you never care to notice. Mindfulness is building that awareness. Knowing what you're doing in the present moment. Not that you show up and forget it's arti time and sit on the asana. <laughs> That's very good mindfulness, actually. <laughs> because you're only in the present moment. You are not thinking about what you should be doing, but what you are doing. So actually, it takes us longer in the morning. Even though we are playing more in the evening, we are taking longer seemingly, but we are in perfect rhythm. The metronome is going tick, 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 tick in the evening. So it's almost equal, but just a little faster in the evening. Next time, take a note. And if you think morning is faster, you could be right. But it's evening. <clears throat> that mindfulness is hard work. To get to the next stage, remember you have to challenge yourself. If you keep doing one type of meditation for the same duration without really improving its quality and quantity, you will remain there. Not only you will remain there, in fact, truth be told, you would actually digress. It's like this. If you have $50 with you, and you keep it safe somewhere, and you say, I'm not going to spend these 50 bucks. Eventually, what you can do today with $50 is not what you'll be able to do five years down the line. Unless you do something with your money, the real value of money, as they call in economics, is going to come down. Same happens with any spiritual practice. Unless you improve it, it just becomes an automatic task, which really has nothing to offer you in terms of uh, spiritual growth or evolution. The question is, how do you challenge yourself? I said you must challenge yourself. You do that either by improving the quality of your meditation or quantity, and usually both. But secondly, and more importantly, it's by practicing resolve. Because with this level of consciousness, with this level of purification, you can experience one state, purify yourself a bit more, get to the next level, and you would get to the next level then, actually, repeatedly.
till 31st of December 2010, I had a different set of practices. And I challenged myself and I increased the, the quality and quantity of my meditation. On 1st of January 2011, I pledged, I will not utter any lies. And that was taking my meditation to the new level. And I really don't tell any lies. I have got people to do that for me now. <laughs> <coughs> Because they come to me every morning. We, are, we don't feel good if we don't tell some lies during the day. I said, I need to tell five. Why don't you, you, you go and tell these? I'm just joking. You know that, right? So every time you must challenge yourself, see what is your biggest hurdle. What ticks you? What irritates you? What frustrates you? What pulls you back? And say, I am going to work on this. And that's the way to progress on the spiritual path. I hope I answered your question. Thanks. I tried to be as practical as possible. Because uh, if we walk away with tangible steps, we can actually implement them and do something about it. I could have been deeply just philosophical, because Ghalib said something like that. Take me to a place, he said, where there is nobody to care for me, where there are no walls, no rooms, no ceilings. Or maybe he said the exact opposite, where there is a wall, where there is a room with no windows and door. In fact, it's the same thing. If you are outside, it's one view. If you're inside, it's another view. 